Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reimagining Solutions, where we are reimagining the face of education in this virtual world. You know, as we navigate through COVID and work from home, a lot of times we have to do some Google searches to find some innovative ways to engage our students or to engage the teachers that we're working with and to provide them with new ways that they can engage the students. So as I was searching the internet today, I always love to go through the Google search because I am always amazed at the Google Doodles. Today's Google Doodle was extremely interesting to me. See, it was a doodle that was in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month. And when I looked at this Google Doodle, I began to think about what the artist was thinking when she drew the picture. And that began to make the neurons in my brain go haywire. I can tell you, I started thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I said, hmm, I'm wondering what the artist was thinking about when she drew this picture because I see there's a diverse array of students playing in the playground. Then in the midst of the background, I saw a Hispanic American father that was walking his two children to school. In the foreground of the doodle was a Hispanic woman. She was rather large compared to the rest of the picture. Now, at first, I didn't make a connection between the woman, the man, and the two children. But as I began to search a little further and do what I call follow the cookie trail. It led me to a very sugary, sugary, sweet tidbit of information. See, there was a connection between the woman, the man, and the children. They were a family. And what was interesting was what that family had created and made happen as it relates to education. You see, this was no ordinary woman. This woman's name was Felicitas Gomez Martinez, and she was Puerto Rican, but she married a Mexican immigrant whose name was Mendez. So she became Felicitas Mendez. And together they had two children. Well, Mendez was a predecessor to the civil rights movement. She was a civil rights pioneer and she was a business owner. But what was so interesting about Mendez was that she sued the Westminster School District in California when her children were refused enrollment at a local public school because of their skin color. This case set a precedent for desegregating schools.
and some of the same arguments that were used in the Mendez case were also used in the Brown versus Board of Education of Topeka case. But guess what was even more interesting? Thurgood Marshall was the lead attorney for both cases. Wow, can you imagine that? Two landmark cases that confronted inequities in education, especially for children of color. Now, even though these cases occurred over 65 plus years ago, we still see inequities in education today. So let's connect the dots between this landmark case, the Mendez case, and then the Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka, and then to the inequities that are prevalent in education, specifically at this time, the time when COVID-19 transformed what we know as education. See, what we discovered during this pandemic was that many of our schools were inequitable especially those schools that were in those rural communities, those high poverty communities, or what I call our marginalized communities. They didn't have the same access to the tools of education that was needed to continue educating our students in a virtual environment. So, I'm from the state of Alabama. And in this state, we had a superintendent named Dr. Tommy Bice. And Dr. Bice would always begin his presentation with a picture of a chair, or he would have an actual chair that he would sit at the forefront of the room. Now, I want you to visualize in your mind. See, in my reading coach voice, I would say to my students, Make a movie in your mind. I want you to picture a small wooden chair in the middle of a large empty room. I want you to visualize this room without any technology or with broken technology. I want you to visualize this room with outdated books. I want you to visualize the classroom that's housed in a building that doesn't have the infrastructure to support the latest technologies. Many of these buildings could probably stand an over overhaul or at least they could benefit from a federal construction grant so that they can modernize these buildings and make them more attractive and a better place of learning for our students. But that's not the case in every community. So now, I want you to continue making this movie in your mind. I want you to picture Mendez's child, Selena, sitting in that chair. Now I want you to picture Oliver Brown's daughter, Linda, sitting in the chair. Now I want you to take it a little further. I want you to picture any child living in a marginalized community. Now, just as these two landmark cases proved 
that students deserve access to an equitable learning environment? My question to you today is, don't our kids in these rural marginalized communities deserve an equitable education? Don't they deserve access to the tools that will enable them to be successful in life? Don't they deserve to have the modern technologies in their classroom? Don't they deserve to have teachers who are knowledgeable and ready to use these technologies to provide an effective uh, learning environment for these students? You know, I ponder these questions every day as I look around and see our marginalized students going to schools that are not as equipped as some other schools. They have the latest technologies. They have the modernized buildings. They have teachers who have taken professional learning courses that will enable them to utilize these technologies effectively to teach our children. These are questions that ponder my mind all of the time. Now, as I close out our podcast for today, I want you to think about how we as educations can reimagine education so that all children have access to an equitable learning environment. Can you imagine?